Sletambulu and Not Yet Uhuru. Yes, I'm sure you're wondering. Oh, she's back. Oh, yes, I am. I'm in for Songezo. He will be back. This is The Viewpoint. And uh, Mondays, we do things quite interestingly. Uh, we do have uh, lectures um, every uh, Monday. That's hashtag Monday uh, lecture. And this evening, basically what we are doing, the IEC and 30 Years of, of Democracy. And, you know, just double checking. How has this institution shaped fair electoral processes in South Africa and in Africa? And we'll be touching base on that. Also coming up on the show on the second hour, which is after nine, World Cancer Day, we'll be chatting to Dr. Chris Van Straten, um, Global Health Advisor for Clinical Governance at International SOS. Also taking a look at our hashtag Legal Monday, that's a contestation of wills and estates. And we'll be chatting to Tsepo Mujapilo, um, attorney and director at Mujapilo Attorneys, just to get to unpack how then, if you need to contest a will or maybe someone did not leave a will and there are assets that need to be distributed, how then do you go about it? Quite interesting conversations. And you know that uh, at this particular hour, this is your show. You have a say, your view, your opinion counts. Always give us a call on 086 that's 086 uh, just to hear your views and your opinions also you can uh, use the whatsapp line if you want to type a note perfectly fine or you can send a voice note on 06 1410407 that's 0614104107 but opening up the show with uh, hashtag uh, monday lecturer um well it's the first monday um of the month and today's Monday lecture will be delivered by the chairperson of the Independent Electoral Commission, uh, Mosutu uh, Muepia. That's the theme for this evening's lecture, the IEC and 30 years of democracy. 30 years is a long time. And we get to, you know, tap into the different years. Have we improved? If we haven't, have we made mistakes? And if we've made mistakes, are we rectifying those mistakes? But let me first of all introduce our guest. Good evening and welcome to The Viewpoint. Thank you so much, Betha, for having us uh, this evening. I was just laughing saying that you get to work for me, I get to get paid. How beautiful is that? I know. <laughs> but going back to some serious business, yesterday, um, you know, we, I think, was it the last day of uh, voter registration? Yes. Yesterday was the last day of, you know, um, countrywide uh, voter registration at voting stations. Um, what, what, what we are now doing is we are accepting uh, registrations online or at our offices until that day when the president proclaims the election uh, and on, on midnight, at midnight that night, um, the voters' roll will close. And that, that, that is imminent. So yesterday, uh, being one of those days, I think that was very pivotal. Would you say you are happy with the target that you anticipated? I, 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 I think we, we, we are reasonably um, satisfied with the opportunities we have provided. Um, we, we are aware that there remain a number of South Africans who, in our view, um, are eligible to register and to vote, who still have not done so. And we hope and want to encourage them to still do so online or visit our offices countrywide. 
This, I think it's going to be a very interesting year because I see that we are looking at about, what, 700,000 new voters. Mm-hmm. And it looks like our 30-plus years are quite a big number that are very, very eager yes. to go to the polls. On, on this occasion, uh, both in November and now, um, we, we have done well with young people. But it's not the whole cohort of young people that we, we have dealt, you know, we have en- uh, enrolled. Tomorrow we will, we will be telling the nation um, the outcome of the, you know, voter registration effort that we have undertaken. There's some good news, um, very good news. Um, and there are some news that um, have to get all of us uh, thinking about um, are, are there South Africans that honestly don't want to register or are there South Africans that we are not able to reach? And if so, how do we do? How do we do it? And at this point, I suppose this is the moment when I say I am leaving you to giving us a lecture (laughs) so that we understand your job, your business. I mean, having to take care of, uh, you know, South African Uh, platform as well as the African other Mm. African countries that must be a daunting Mm. task but I suppose we'll get to understand when you (laughs) unpack everything yeah so I leave it to you well thank you so much really for having us Um, if one looks at the history of South Africa it is it is probably um, you know telling that you've got to look at where we come from Um, in 1909 uh, I start there and break that period into three parts, 1909 to 1948, 1948 to 1994, and 1994 to the current day. I've gone back to 19, uh, 1909 because then the British Parliament passed uh, the South African Act, um, uh, 1909, merging four British uh, dependencies of Cape Colony, Orange Free State, Natal, and Transvaal to create um, uh, South Africa. The objective was was to unite South Africa. But what then happened in practice was that it resulted in a divided South Africa. And there was a heightened discontent uh, discontent and racial conflict. In 1948, uh, between 1948 and 1994, we saw exclusionary politics institutionalized under the system of apartheid. And then an extreme form of legal um, segregation based on race, gender, religion, and other forms of discrimination ensued. Um, In 1994, we know that this country avoided uh, a bloodbath and and decided it is better we finish, um, you know, we we, we bury our past uh, around the table. And, and so we had our first democratic elections held on the basis of universal adult suffrage, one man, one vote. And, um, you know, we ended white minority rule at that time. Now, it is important to say that this was the first time many of us uh, got involved in elections. Um, we, we, we didn't even, um, you know, manage elections uh, in a commission like the one we have today. And so, given the fact that South Africa was coming out of a a past that was very dark, um, a past that was, um, you know, caused people not to know each other, not to trust each other, it was important who would be at the commission. 
and in 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 December, I mean, in sometime in October, um, the the Electoral Act, um, the Electoral Commission Act was passed uh, in in October, nineteen ninety three, but there was no commission yet. Um, the, there was an act passed about what that would be. And let's remember, at that time, the, the, the transitional, um, um, the government was run effectively by a transitional uh, body uh, that, that, that had the powers to, to, run, so, to run that government. And in December, for the first time, uh, in 1993, President F.W. de Klerk then appointed, the, um, appointed 11 uh, um, eminent people, South Africans, to be members of the commission. But because they, they did not, um, you know, um, many of them were going to do so for the first time, they also brought in five international members. And, and there are many reasons I, I understand why uh, the international members had to come. They, they had to come because they, they had to lend credibility to the outcomes of the elections. Um, I guess people, you know, didn't trust that uh, the people who were sitting around the table would represent themselves or their political um, institutions and so on and so forth. But we saw a commission uh, that was made up of uh, um, 11 South Africans and uh, five uh, international um, uh, members. Um, uh, Judge Johan, Johan Krichler led the, the, uh, the commission as the chairperson. Um, Judge Dekham Mosenege was the vice chairperson then. And then you had um, a distinguished members, uh, Jag Zekoub, a judge, Ben van der Roos, Charles Newpen, Helen Suzman, Oscar Romo, Frank Chigani, Don Makobo, uh, Johan Haynes, and, and Rosal Jaha as the people that were South Africans on the commission. Um, and, and five members had, uh, that we had at the time were Jorgen Elklit, uh, Gay McDougall, Amari Teckel, uh, Walter Kamba, and, and Ron Gold. Those are the people that then met on um, Christmas Eve in December 1993 for the first time. They met uh, in the afternoon, I believe, and at that meeting, they did not have a single member of staff. It was just themselves. They met and agreed. The first order of the business was to agree on election day, which was then made um, in, on the 27th of April, 1994. They still had to recruit staff, um, be financed, um, as we know uh, today, um, and they didn't even have the time to demarcate the country into any political or constituency borders. South Africa before then was a, a country with, with four provinces, um, and suddenly um, we, we had nine provinces that we needed to, to make provision for. That was the task that, that this distinguished men and women had to face. And how did they do that? Frankly, I think they, they, they had a difficult job and the, their job was, was made um, clear because at the time, South Africans just wanted an election that would represent um, or give them leaders 
that they would have in the country. They were not um, going to worry about, you know, what happened to my ballot and this and that and the other thing. They wanted to be on the ballot, uh, I mean, to be, uh, uh, to, to have their candidates on the ballot, vote for them and have a, a representative government. It wasn't easy. Our country was going through a very difficult, um, you know, transformation period. Um, there was political violence. There, you know, uh, there were many people who were, were all South Africans but never met each other. Others were coming from exile. Others were, were, were in the country at the time, and they had to make South Africa work. Election date was set. They, they, they somehow, I don't know how they did this, but they did. They managed to have elections taking place. Those elections eventually uh, took place over several days. Um, you can imagine, uh, Betha, when you uh, plan an election today, we have so many tools we do. We, we know how many uh, people are registered, where they are, and so on and so forth. They didn't. They didn't have that luxury. They printed ballots. They didn't know how many people lived in Auckland Park, this area. Uh, they didn't know how many people lived in Mamilodi, uh, in Tembisa, in Soweto. They simply produced ballot papers and sent them in, in big numbers as they could. Um, and that's why that election was so difficult. Then came counting and, and the declaration of results. That also was a very difficult task. It wasn't like we do it today. They, they counted at counting centers. And there are many pictures you will find even on, on, on the internet of people who have worked for three, four days without sleeping, being absolutely tired, counting lots of ballots. Um, jokes are made as to whether they knew which ones they have counted and which ones they, 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 had, they were yet to count. But, you know, uh, thank goodness, at the end, the results stood. The 1993 elections um, were, were, were taken by the world, or received by the world, rather, as, as the outcomes of an election uh, that was free and fair. We know that um, one of the defining moments in that election was the fact that one of the major parties, the IFP, was not on the ballot initially. The ballot was also not printed in the Republic of South Africa. It was printed in the uh, United Kingdom. Um, not that we couldn't do it here, but the issues of trust. Uh, who owned the printing press? What would they do if they were to print a ballot? Would they not give it to their you know, parties or friends in, in parties? Those were the issues that really dominated the discussion, I understand, at the time. And so they printed those things away. When the IFP finally agreed to be on the ballot, um, they had to go out and print a sticker in the UK. And it, I, 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 I understand it was just a matter of a few days before the elections and put their sticker right at the bottom um, of the ballot. That's how our transition came. Um, we, we had uh, an interim uh, constitution. Um, we had an interim electoral commission act, uh, electoral act, and so on and so forth. Those things were then... Um, after the 1994 elections, we, we then had them being relooked, uh, and new legislation was, was then uh, enacted. <clears throat> the election, uh, the Electoral Commission uh, of 1994, 
was um, also interim. And when the 1996 um, uh, Electoral Commission Act was uh, enacted, uh, members of the commission were recruited, a new commission was uh, established. Um, Judge Krichler headed that commission uh, with uh, Dr. Baum as, as the deputy, as the vice chairperson. When Judge, Judge, Judge Krichler left, the, the uh, vice chairperson then became the, the chairperson of the commission and she served for two terms. She was followed up. She was um, succeeded by uh, uh, Advocate Lakula, um, then Advocate Lakula, uh, followed by Mr. Glenn Machinini, and I come after Mr. Glenn Machinini. We, we have had um, the, the, the commission uh, having uh, five members of the commission uh, after the 1994 elections. Um, this is so because our constitution provides that it must consist of a minimum of three members, a maximum of seven. We have somehow, as a nation, found the uh, sweet spot, uh, so to speak, at five. It is necessary that the number be an odd number because um, the, in the commission, uh, the, the decision are taken uh, generally um, by by consensus, but if members don't agree, uh, they may end up in a position where the majority uh, will, in fact, um, you know, take the decision, you know, in in the commission, and so that number, an odd number, is important. The the there are many um, strong things that we have learned from our transition, and and that's what defines our electoral commission to this day. One, um, we we are a commission that that must be activist in nature. I'm not talking political activism. I'm talking about guarding uh, electoral democracy jealously um, in our country. We we do so by continuously scanning uh, developments around the world, knowing um, you know, what, what are the kind of things others are doing and thinking about in the work that we do. And we, we relate them to back home and say, how can this help resolve this, that, and the other problem? One of the issues that um, African democracies in the main, but democracies around the world uh, generally are, are struggling with, it's an issue of trust. Um, you may have run an election well in the past, but every election it's a it's a it's a contest that can be lost very easily, um, and the the electoral management body must guard jealously, and that's what we do. We have to ensure transparency. We have to engender trust in the work that we do. Um, we have to be able to take others into our confidence uh, if they ask, um, you know, um, what happened here. So we, we conduct an election, as it were, as if for every election result that we are going to issue, we may go to court and have to explain how we got to that outcome. That's why we are building transparency like you've never seen before. And we put checks and balances on everything. We, we don't just rely on what we do as the Electoral Commission. We rely on everyone checking us. We, 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 we place 
a result slip that was signed by party agents at the voting station on the internet. Anyone anywhere in the world could come and say, but you did not add one and one together properly. Um, you didn't get to, you got 11 on this occasion. And if it is so, we, we are bound to, to correct it. People object, they don't even have to be here if they find anything that's untoward in the work that we have done. But in all of this, um, you know, we didn't start there. We, we have been building these blocks, um, you know, for quite some time. One of the key blocks that we built was this scanning of the result. Um, you would recall that in 2007, Kenya um, exploded. And, and that election, um, where the results were allegedly, the results announced were not tying with the, with the results that were at the voting stations, allegedly, was the thing that opened our eyes. And we said, we don't want that here we put it in the hands of South Africans to see everything that happens. But that's us. There are many, many building blocks we have built because something somewhere in the world didn't, didn't go well. And we are trying to avoid it here in this country. That's the work that we are doing. 30 years on, the commission is going strong. We, we, we have um, um, found ways to uh, use even generative AI to do some things or to help us with certain things that we would do. For example, um, when we have constituency um, by-elections, it is important to look at the migration of voters. And we do check how do voters migrate. Uh, could it be that voters are migrating because there's a by-election in a certain area and so on and so forth. And, and it helps us deal with um, the challenges that we face. We, we've, we have found ways to register people online. Uh, COVID has uh, really helped us do that. Registration in this country was always in person. We have found ways of getting people who are bedridden um, to have special votes. Um, we, we have been challenged in many ways um, through court judgments and so on and so forth that have, have really helped clarify certain uh, aspects of our law. Um, having overseas, uh, South Africans overseas voting in, in the elections of the National Assembly, uh, having prisoners vote, um, having voters um, to have addresses because of the constituent constituency element of our, of our um, elections. These are things that are really um, deep in the work that we do and define the things that we do. The transparency we have put in, in the management of results, every political party, media houses like yourselves, get results at the same time that we as commissioners get the results from anywhere in the, in, you know, throughout the country. So there is no choice or chance for anyone like myself or the chief electoral officer who will say, I don't want to release this result. I'm holding on to it to see who's going to win. It, it comes at the same time that all of us can see. If it's an error, we must fix it. If it's the result, it must stand. That's where we are. I have to say, this is it's quite a it's quite a, a daunting task. I mean, you you do quite a lot of work, and um, you know this work seems to be quite a bit. So, in a, in a case mm -hmm. where uh, there are inconsistencies, 
Um, how then do you handle that particular issue? Well, the the, the general rule is is that in in elections you really work on scale. Um, we 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 want everything to be perfect, but can you imagine a bakery would 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 run bread or you know a, a dairy would deliver milk, uh, and they will use five trucks to go to 15 stores as an example we don't have that option all stores must open at the same time and have that fresh kind of milk or whatever it is Um, and so we work on that precision but Murphy is a real man he exists and and he happens um, to cause troubles at times and those are exceptions on a scale that we work at Murphy mustn't be in a majority of instances. It must be in isolated instances. An accident here, a breakdown there, someone that um, you know hasn't shown up because there's a problem, and, and so on and so forth. That really is what we manage. We have learned to have um, a dashboard of things that we have uh, deployed to tell us where problems occur. Um, from early hours, three in the morning, there are things we check to tell us things are up, they are going to be ready for uh, opening, or they are not going to be ready for opening. And we deal with those things behind the scenes. It's an amazing um, uh, experience. Just to tell your listeners, <clears throat> if if an election was a, a building um, that you are building, it has just over 500 individual um, projects, you know, from how you're going to do education, how you're going to print ballots and distribute them. It's 500 of those things put together, and each one of them has complexities. These are things we've now learned to develop systems that tell us, um, you know, how they, they are they are being managed. Today we can tell you if we are deviating from our plan um, and our critical path. In other words, the thing that says if you miss the step, you, you have a, you know, a consequential number of steps that you're missing. These are the kind of things over the 30-year period we've learned to do and we no longer rely on an individual doing them. We've developed systems that do them. Uh, we keep improving those systems and we keep working at uh, some of the best ways of doing these things uh, from across the world. Well, the lines are opened. That's 086-000-2032. Or you can send us a voice note and make sure when you record your voice note, it's audible, it's clear, um, so that we can respond. That's 0614104107. And, um, well, this evening, um, our lecture was uh, delivered by the chairperson of the Independent Electoral Commission, um, and that's in Tatemo Sutu, um, Moepia. And, uh, you know, we, we're basically trying to understand the job that they do. And I like the fact that, you know, we've been given the history and, you know, how the, uh, the commission works. Now, coming back to you, in a case where uh, the results are out, you have a contesting party that says they were not treated fairly yes. and they stick by their guns. What next? Um, that's why it is important for us to everything that we do must must have a record um, and it must have a some some method the law is you know elections 
are, are run well when the law is very clear. South Africa has one of the very direct and clear laws on in running on running elections, and and so whatever we do must comply with the law. And at every point where we depart, there's there's an opportunity for someone to say, "I'm not happy. Um, you have departed from the law, um, and this is going to be irregular." And we we have to stop the process, um, adjudicate their their dispute or the dispute we might have with them, and and then move on. The the Electoral Commission, interestingly, is um, it's a, it's a quasi-judicial institution. The five members who are commissioners have the power, um, or they do act in part, like a court. Um, you know, uh, they have powers of, let's say, a magistrate. When when there's a dispute um, that that they have, anyone has with the chief electoral officer, um, the they can then say we're not happy with what the chief electoral officer is doing, please help us resolve this. Like you would go to a court and say, court, I'm not happy with this, please help me. And then we, we must um, adjudicate that dispute in law. Um, and once we have adjudicated that dispute uh, and, and there's still someone that is aggrieved, either the chief electoral officer or the, the person who has aggrieved before, they can then go to the high court or special court that is called the electoral court. And that court, which has the status of a, of a high court, will then um, adjudicate that dispute. And so you can go to the appeals court um, and, and to the constitutional court. That work is critical to the work that we do. I do have a caller from Newlands. Uh, Mike, good evening. Good evening, and good evening to your guests. I tuned in a little bit late, but first of all, I want to just pay him uh, 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 some serious respect. Uh, I honestly think that he... Uh, it's wonderful to hear such a measured uh, approach to our, our voting system. He's absolutely right on every count. But there is just one thing I want to bring to his attention. I have been voting captain for uh, the DA at various elections over the years. And at one time I was interviewed by an overseas broadcasting company and they asked me the question quite directly and they said, look, um, are these elections free and fair? And it was absolutely the best feeling ever to look this lady straight in the eye and say, absolutely, our elections are free and fair. And she asked me why. And I said, for one simple reason, that all the counting for every uh, election is for that uh, constituency is done in-house. In other words, wherever the voting station is, the counting is done right there. The votes are not moved as they were under apartheid days and open to all sorts of corruption. The votes are counted on-site with the other political parties, and that way it's almost impossible to rig the election. And and uh, I just would ask the, your, your guests, that whatever they do, don't change that system. Thank don't you. go electronic. Don't do anything because it, it's a wonderful situation to be there with, uh, with your uh, opposition, the EFF and the ANC and all the other political parties. You count the votes together. You agree on the account, and that figure is phoned through to the next lineup, and everybody's happy. And it can be almost impossible to corrupt the system. The moment you change that system then we have a problem and people start to doubt the outcome. But at the moment, the IEC has got it absolutely spot on. And uh, really, you guys are on top of your game and well done. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. That's, that's, that's very good news to hear that you're doing a good job.
I am I'm, I'm very grateful, and I think uh, Mike has the um, appreciation and understanding of the work we do. Um, I did raise the issue, and maybe not as quite, quite not not as sharp uh, in a sharp manner that Mike has has raised. That in 1994 we voted at one place and we counted at, at another place, and people still say if you were to do that today, they would not say we know these ballots come from there. So. What we do now, as Mike has said, we will not move from that station until the results at that station are known to everybody at that station who is present at the time of counting. And it's a very major uh, secure security feature in an election to have that result slip that was signed by everyone being on the Internet, scanned onto the, you know, our systems and made available, really puts the whole thing beyond reproach. And if you add all of the results, you've got to come to the total that we've come to. I don't know how to do it better than that. Mm. I've got uh, Candice. Good evening. Welcome to the show. Good evening, uh, May. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Good. And I'm going to to check with you. Yes. Serious allegation that has been done by some political party to say IEC and ANC they are working in class, enhancing hands to rig elections. How true is this? Because I've been in ANC for a long time and I'm surprised by today by other People who come from ANC, they are saying these things. Yeah. Can you clarify that, please? I am, and thank you very much. I think it's an important question. It is, it is complete mischief to say that uh, the elections are rigged. Mike from Newlands uh, told you that these things, there's no way in a voting station uh, party agents of party A are going to watch party agents of party B um, rigging an election and, and all of them just say, yeah, we are happy to rig them in, in the favor of that other party. So we have party agents completely throughout um, the country in our voting stations, but we also have our staff members that that have an electoral code that they sign to be on the staff. And the issue of rigging election, elections is very key to that, to that uh, code of conduct. And so no one, um, uh, no one has any case to make in this country to say an election result, um, you know, could be rigged, uh, as it were. Even if you paid everyone that worked at, a, at one voting station, millions of friends, to, to be quiet and, and to, to read something. I, I can't see how you will, you will be able to, to, to do that in the country. And let me be clear, it has never happened. It won't happen um, on our watch. We are not going to sit and be complacent and say because yesterday we were successful, we would be successful again tomorrow. It's a new game. Every election is different from the other. And we, we are set ourselves like we've never played before so that we, we don't have complacency. We are on our guard all the time. The long and the short of this question is there is no such thing. When people raise that issue, 
frankly, um, they they have run out of ideas, um, and and we will deal with those issues with them, um, you know, directly. We we don't deal in the public. We will deal with them, and we will deal with them very tightly. And you know, I, I'm as an observer. Um, in Zimbabwe, I think we've there've been you know an issue each time there are elections. Mm. When you compare, because it seems like with the processes and system in South Africa, they are watertight. Mm. Are they watertight elsewhere? Well, they are. Um, they are. I, I I wonder. You know, I did say when I started that in South Africa, one of the things we are required to do is to be activists in the way, in the way we, 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 we work with our elections. And let me give you an example. When we do an election, we conduct an election, shortly after that election result has been declared, when everything is still fresh in our minds, we, co we go and debrief with all electoral stakeholders. Um, we say, what are the things that concerned you about this election? What worked better for you? What did not work well for you? And they tell us, and we put these things through a rigorous uh, process where we end up with things that we, we believe must change the law, the electoral law. That's how we do reform in this country. So we don't wait for 15 years to do reform. We do reform every two and a half years in our country on, on electoral systems. Some countries, I'm afraid, don't do it. You, you find them saying, we, we, we attained our independence 40 years ago, um, this is our act, and the act has hardly been amended for 40 years. Things change very fast in the space that we operate. And I, I do find that in many jurisdictions, that is at the heart of the challenges countries face. When, when there are so many loopholes in the law, the law doesn't talk to things that are very current. For example, social media in elections. If your legislation was written 20 years ago, these are things that have started happening 12 years ago. And so you have missed them. But they, they, they are such a significant part of what happens in an election. You can't even believe it. Let's just take a small break and we continue with the conversation. The IEC and 30 years of democracy and processes and systems super tight or should I call them water you know watertight has rather a better a better word to use but um your views um you know greatly will be greatly appreciated it'll be interesting to know where you are um if you have registered if you have not registered as well it'll be interesting to know why is it that you have not registered why is it you don't feel you want to vote uh, but you know in this Zero, is a platform where we can two. have those discussions after Let's going down by four break, goals to two in late December Tottenham Hotspur FC are looking for a huge revenge against Brighton and Hove Albion. And the return of Rodrigo Bentico in recent weeks has been rewarded with a goal. But the Seagulls want to continue where they left off and steal maximum points away from home. How about that? What's the return from This is the Premier League. Experience the thrilling clash between Tottenham Hotspur FC and Brighton and Hove Albion FC on Saturday, 10 February at 4 p.m. Live on S3. Also available on SABC Plus and SABCSport.com. Proudly brought to you by SABC Sport. For the love of the game. Chef, the biggest, most loved culinary TV show on the planet, is coming to the SABC. 
the fresh local version of MasterChef South Africa will cook up a storm on S3 for the first time in 2024. Details on how to enter are coming soon. So in the meantime, start preparing for the opportunity to win a million rand and the prestigious title of Mzansi's new MasterChef. Follow S3 across all of our uh, digital platforms uh, for more information. Channel your best entertainment only on S3. Monday Lecture. Educational conversations made simple on The Viewpoint. Bertha Charuma on SAFM. And I think let me go to shortly in Limpopo. Good evening. Welcome to the show. Good evening, Bertha. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Go ahead. Uh, so, you know, what Mr. Mamaeba, uh, they are talking here on, on, on uh, radio, is not what is happening on the ground. Because here on the ground, we, we encounter with the challenges with the IEC, the issue of deploying such uh, members as, 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 as presiding officers compromises the independence and and impartiality of the IEC. And those people who are transporting those ballot papers, they are the mem- members of the ruling party. We know them, we are living with them. But the, if I can ask him, Mr. Maeba, which criteria did he, they use as IEC to deploy, to deploy them? And, and which criteria they've used to deploy those people transporting the, the, the ballot papers? Because uh, uh, it compromises the independence of the IEC. From where I'm sitting, I will not agree with them to say that IEC is independent commission. Because the presiding officers uh, in both station where I'm residing in, in Bilongumbi, they are the, the principals of the school who are the members of SAT. Those who are transporting the ballot papers, they are the active members of the ruling party. How it comes out that the IEC is independent? It's not independent commission. Uh, I, I, I'll not say that maybe uh, I'll be stupid enough to say that already, but I'll be stupid enough to, to, to agree that the IEC is independent when I'm encountered with those problems or not. Those people who are transporting the ballot papers are the members of the ruling party. Those who are presiding in, in, in voting station are the members of SATU who are affiliated to, to Kosadu is the tripartite line, alliance of the ruling party. Criteria that they've used to, to deploy those people. Hence, we have our own people who are from universities, who are in employment, who can perform the, the duties of presiding officer to the best of their abilities. They are not be, be, be being recommended. They recommend the teachers. They are, they are employed, but they're st- employed, but they, they still recommend the teachers to be to work at the IEC. I hello. Yes, I am. I've been listening to you, and I hope you'll give us an opportunity to respond to you. Um, regrettably, we've got we've got to reject your your submission. Um, you you are arguing as though every teacher is a SATU member. That's the first mistake you make. Secondly, you are, you, you are under the impression that all of our staff are teachers. Um, we publish this all the time. In 1994 
1999, there were a significant cohort of our staff members that were teachers. They are currently less than 10%. And we go to the length and breadth of ensuring that we don't have people who are political that are dealing with the work that we do. We have a criteria, sir, that we have developed with political parties. It's beyond reproach. It is completely understood by every one of the parties uh, that are represented in the National Assembly who would work for us. They, when we, we, we employ these people, at the local um, office where we employ them, locally there where you would know them by name, you can object to them if you know they work uh, or they are active in a, in, a, in a political party. That is the criteria. We, we do receive people who uh, do that, who are then objected to, and we remove them without asking questions. It is not true um, that we have people who we employ to, in fact, uh, harm the, the independence of the commission or the integrity of elections. This is a matter that was an issue in 1999, and 1999 and 2024 are very different periods. Um, we, 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 we have dealt with that problem, and in truth, it's not something that worries us today. Mm. I've got Robert in Jamiston. Good evening. Welcome to The Viewpoint. Good evening. Uh, i like to ask the IEC, how do they count? Because when they are counting, we, see, we always see the DA going ahead. But at the end, we see the DA overtaking the DA. So i like to know... Why they didn't count the big number and then they come to the with the Sir, I I must ad, uh, admit, um, I I must write a book after this because these are interesting things, and they are they are often um, you know raised because people fear. But the truth of the matter is the following. We, we never know how people vote. We don't until we have counted. And, 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 and so we know at that station, this is how much they have counted. And we capture results in the sequence in which they come. The first station to, do, to finish counting and capture results are the results you're going to see on the leaderboard until we get the last result. We do not keep them in a, in, a, in a queue where, you know, one party is leading and another one is lagging. That's why it's important, and we always say it, wait until all the results are in, and we will declare the outcome of an election. So don't worry. If, if the DA knew we were doing something, uh, some shenanigans, they would have long sorted the issue out with ourselves. But as you've heard, um, they, 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 they work with us. They know, you know what we have put in place, and they do accept the outcomes of the elections um, without that worry. I think let's squeeze in our voice notes. Um, thanks, Robert. Have a pleasant evening. Let's just squeeze in uh, one more, one voice note. Oh, is it two? I think let's, let's, let's see what we can squeeze in. I would like to comment on this um, discussion about the elections. Um, in the last um, local elections, I voted in uh, East London 
for the ACP, a way outside a political party, party, that's the Timbergadi party, because I was so fed up with everything else. When I got there, when I saw the published election results, there wasn't one vote for ACP, I mean APC. So how do you, how do you figure that? That I voted um, at two levels for APC and there was no vote counted for that party in that ward. So how does that figure? This is Morag from East London. Morag, thank you for the question. We, we often find that question. Um, when we counted the station, there are ballots that can be um, spoiled, not by us, but by a voter. And party agents at the station know when ballots are, are, are spoiled, and we actually show everyone in the counting center, uh, I mean, at the, at the counting station, what the ballots look like. If there's any party agents from the APC in this instance that says, but that is my ballot, um, there is a way of resolving it. So if a ballot is spoiled, there's no way it is going to contribute to the counting of ballots. And we do find that a lot of these questions are answered by, uh, by spoiled ballots. I suppose we have to leave it at this point. Uh, talking about the IAC and uh, 30 years of democracy, and I've been talking uh, to the chairperson of the IEC, that's in Tate, uh, Musutu Muepia, uh, and giving us some insight. Interesting, you can still keep sending us your voice notes, but for now, let's cross over to the news desk. Greg is on standby.